Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Glad to have you with us. I'm Cassidy, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Dibs. Hey, guys. This week, we are getting into all things Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, and we are yes. very excited. This is a really recent movie, and it came out, um, as of our posting this, I think it would have come out, what, five days before our posting? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, it's very, very recent, very new, and we were lucky enough to get to see it um, opening day, which was very exciting. And so we're super excited to get into all things related to this movie. But before we do, just our usual spoiler warning slash disclaimer, because the movie is so new um, and as we do, we get into spoilery territory. <laughs> um, yeah. If you haven't seen the movie, just keep that in mind. We're probably going to spoil everything i would imagine oh god yes uh so if you haven't seen it listener discretion is advised because um it, it's always tough when when you go into something anticipating it and then you get spoiled at the last minute so oh god so true <laughs> um, if you haven't seen this movie just just keep that in mind but um if you have we're super excited to talk about it and we're always interested in hearing your thoughts so um yeah i mean let us know because i i think going into this movie like we expected one thing and personally i feel like the outcome was very different but yeah. in a good way mm-hmm. i'm still like really happy with the movie we got and very excited about what's to come oh yeah but um we'll get into that in a bit <laughs> absolutely because like you said um the trailers painted a different picture of this movie and not that what we got was bad it was just different because in the trailer, we were like, oh my god, ultimate stakes. Uh, and it did, it was like that for the most part, in the sense that the stakes were big. But it ended up, it, it the what we got was slightly different from what we thought we would get. That's the only thing I'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about the setup for this, because this is after Endgame, right? And Scott was played a pivotal role in Endgame and he was the solution to basically get you know working on a plan to get everyone who was snapped back um and that that's where he's at right now uh I want to talk about that because he's in a different stage of his life and Cassie is a little grown up now and he (laughs) uh kind of feels the pain of that at this point so let's talk about that. Yeah, it's really interesting because we saw very little of Cassie in Endgame, um, even though she had been, I mean, you could say she was a fairly prominent side character in the first Ant-Man movie, yes, and then yes. she appeared in the second movie as well, mm-hmm. um, albeit briefly. But uh this movie definitely gave a lot more screen time to Cassie and it was very interesting mm-hmm. to see because she mm-hmm. was, you know, so much older yeah. uh, and um, she obviously, you know, had grown up and she was no longer the, the little kid that we saw yeah. in the first Ant-Man movie. Exactly. So that was really interesting. But then also I think mm-hmm. it's been really nice to see like um, more of the, I guess, family aspects of the MCU because oh, also, yeah. some of the Avengers do have kids and you don't really get to see that much like we saw briefly mm-hmm. a little bit with uh, Clint and his kids in Hawkeye um, and Tony and Morgan know, all, yeah we saw a little bit of Tony and Morgan in um, Endgame mm-hmm. and then um, now you know 
Scott and Cassie. We saw a little bit of them in the first two movies, a little bit yep. in Endgame. Yep. And then now there's a lot more because Cassie is, is also kind of um, yeah, a main a character. Yeah. yeah. yeah oh, she's yeah. In, she's the main character, too. So. Yes. <laughs> uh, that part was, was really interesting. And I don't know. I was just looking forward to it because I, I thought it was something different than I think the MC would ever done because for uh, all the movies that we just mentioned like even though they have those Avengers have kids and Mm -hmm. um, you get to see those kids in the movies they're usually not a part of the actual stories like the main plot or the the Um, plot yes yeah so this movie was really interesting because Cassie was integral to the main plot um, and she had as much screen time as Scott did which was I thought very cool because I think the only other character who's like remotely similar is probably like maybe Peter and his relationship with Tony but like they're not really father and son it's just more mentor and mentee um and like I guess you could also kind of say you know in a way not it's not an exact comparison but like uh natasha and yelena sort of sort of um, yeah but mm-hmm. <laughs> that's uh <laughs> again it's not quite the same and <laughs> it's but, not um yeah i mean i don't know i was just very excited that we were getting more screen time with an older cassie and uh we we're getting to see more of like a uh you know parent and child sort of angle in, in a story which i don't really think the mcu had done before absolutely uh but i also want to talk about uh, while not while they don't have as much of a major role, uh, as Scott and Cassie do, Hank and Janet. Let's talk about that because that's an interesting dynamic because <laughs> they've been apart for quite some time, um, <laughs> and they've just found their footing together again after being apart for like what thirty years now. That's an interesting yeah. dynamic. I want to talk about that too. So let's let's get into that yeah i mean like you said they were apart for 30 years janet was in the quantum realm and Mm -hmm. i mean 30 years is (laughs) it's a huge chunk of time and it's enough that you know things can change significantly and i was honestly surprised that like we didn't go into this movie with a scene where it was just like Hank and Janet being unable to reconcile their differences. But oh um, I think if anything, the movie shows that like they're able to, like they still care deeply about each other and they came back yes. stronger in spite of this, which I yes. think is kind of sweet. Yes. Um, <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was just really interesting. Cause like, again, 30 years is a huge chunk of time. And mm-hmm. um, you would think that, I mean, it, it definitely, you definitely get the impression that Janet's very grateful to be out of the quantum realm, yes. but it looks like there's secrets that she has that she's kind of been keeping from her family (laughs) that she doesn't want to talk about exactly yeah so like that's also like an interesting aspect about it because you would think that after everything like it's the quantum realm i mean besides like you know how we if you've watched the other two movies you know how big of a deal it was that they were able to go into the quantum realm and get her out and how I guess focused Hank has been on like studying the quantum realm and trying to get her out and stuff like that. So you would yeah. think that Janet would be telling him everything, but it seems that she hasn't been telling him everything. <laughs> so I think he has a reason, kind of but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it like adds another layer though, which I just thought was interesting. Yes. So I thought it was kind of like cool that even though like you clearly do see that like they they care about each other and they're still um sure about, you know, 
their relationship and all of that but like there's Mm -hmm. this added layer of like secrets there's something I'm keeping yeah like there's something I'm keeping from you and I'm not going to tell you yeah (laughs) and I can't I'm doing tell so to you protect you yeah yeah absolutely now let's talk about where all of these characters are at right now because it's an interesting position because Scott has written a book a memoir of sorts Cassie's doing her own thing as an activist and she's trying to me be a productive member of society by helping those who can't help themselves kind of deal. Um, and it gets her into trouble. And Hope has been with her resources. She's regained, she's basically regained control of her company and she's trying to do some good with this. Well, let's talk about all of that because there's a lot going on there too. yeah it was really interesting that like hope took over the company and then turned towards philanthropy which i think Mm. we kind of saw shades of that with uh tony and Yeah. you know the way he ended up steering stark industries Yes. but um i mean you know the the stories unfortunately don't focus so much on the companies that are already in place that are Mm. you know working to make change which Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I understand on the one hand, I understand why, because the movie is about something different, but I feel like it would have been nice to get um, a little bit more insight into what specifically they're doing. But in, in the beginning, like there's a voiceover where Scott is describing all the changes that have taken place since Endgame. And he lists like a good number of stuff that Pym Tech is like into now. Um, and I think he said like in... they're all like in renewable energy and like sustainable agriculture and stuff, which um, I thought was kind of cool, <laughs> but Absolutely. yeah, I mean, it's definitely a different direction for the company. Um, Scott is like you said, he's written a book. I think didn't in Miss Marvel, didn't they like allude to his podcast or him Yes. appearing on a podcast or something? Yes. <laughs> Yes. So No, like he's he's, curating he's, a podcast. You're absolutely yeah. So right. he's got the podcast, the book. And then like Cassie is like you said, she, I think, grew up aware of what her dad was doing and I think that inspired her to kind of try and do the same thing and so it was really funny that the first scene we see of her is um her getting taken out of like a county jail Yeah. on bail <laughs> and um just like that opening scene I just thought was was really funny because um she's bantering with like the police officers and Yeah. they're like bugging her to give something back and she's like I didn't take anything but I did find this and then she pulls out a miniature cop car Oh, just God. casually from her backpack Yeah. and then like Scott's later he's like you shrunk a police car It's ridiculous. so it's yeah I mean like within the opening five minutes you can already t tell Cassie is like she's gonna be chaotic and I love And her for I love it <laughs> that. I love that. Absolutely. So that's how this whole thing starts, because now it's it's a cool thing that uh, Hank, Janet, Hope, Cassie, and Paul, uh, and Scott, I keep saying Paul, my bad guys, Scott, they, they formed this kind of family, which is nice. That's nice. And, and this is when the conversation turns... awkward because Scott is obviously worried that she's that Cassie is turning to turning out to be a lot like him and that's unnerving for him because while I mean of course he he's okay now but serving time in prison cost him a lot like time with her mostly 
And I want to talk about that aspect of it because that's where he's coming from. But where Cassie is coming from is also right because she wants to help people. So I want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it was like an interesting dynamic because like you said, I mean, Scott's obviously missed a lot of time with, you know, the his stint in prison and then the events of Endgame and, and things like that. And so he's missed like crucial moments of Cassie's life. And now all he really wants to do is just be there for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I think he's coming at it from the angle of like, this is my kid and no parent yes. or most parents anyway, don't want their kid putting themselves in danger, um, being reckless or whatever. But Cassie's seeing this like, my dad is Ant-Man, my, you know, surrogate mom, for all intents and purposes, is the wasp. Um, My grandparents are also Ant-Man and the wasp. And, you know, like, they're all scientific geniuses and this and that. And so, Overachievers. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I think she's just been, like, very inspired to, like, go out there and, and make change and ways that she knows how and just kind of do what she can to help people um and there's this really interesting line she says where it's like she's kind of ragging scott for like she's like telling like what have you been doing all this time like yeah you wrote a book yeah you did a podcast but like you were ant-man like you literally saved the world and now you're just like sitting in a book about it yeah Yeah. And she's like, she's kind of coming at it from that angle where it's like, yeah, she might not have all the skills he has or even hope has, Mm -hmm. but she wants to do something. So it's like, I thought that was a very interesting dynamic because I think you can understand both sides of the argument. Like you can definitely understand why Scott is so hesitant to let her do anything because like, it's his only kid, his little girl, no matter, yeah, (laughs) yeah, no matter how old she gets, like, that's just, that's just how it's going to (laughs) be. But, but um yeah. Cassie's also like at that age where it's like you want to make change or you want to like do things that positively impact people yes. and it it's just <laughs> it just makes for an interesting dynamic when like that kind of is one of the things affecting the plot of the movie absolutely but this is when the plot kick starts into high gear because during this conversation of sorts scott finds out that cassie has built a little something with hank's help and (laughs) it's a cool thing don't get me wrong but the the implications or the ramifications are like severe i want to talk about that because she's obviously brilliant and she wants to put her intellect to good use uh but scott doesn't see it that way so let's talk about that and how she's uh, let's talk about the machine that she built and what it kickstarts because it does kickstart the plot for this movie let's talk about that yeah it happens like very quickly like 10 minutes in i think um which was really interesting but um it's I did they ever give a name to the machine? I can't remember if they ever named I it don't anything. Know. But it, she Cassie Cassie had basically developed this machine. Uh, I think she mentioned that she started during the time you know, and game events were happening, and you know she was able yeah. to kind of get close to Hank, and she learned a lot from him, and she ends up developing this machine that is able to send a signal into the mm-hmm. quantum realm, and yep. so once that signal is received i think she said that it can basically allow them to map out what the quantum realm is like and, and they can get a, a better signal. yeah yeah yeah, all yeah they things. can get like a better understanding of you know the layout of it and all of that and um 
it sounds really promising in theory, but immediately, as soon as she like activates it, and as soon as she's done describing it, Jen, it's like, you need to shut it down now. And it's very obvious that something is wrong. Uh, Yep, but he's we very don't find concerned. out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we don't find out right away. But unfortunately, in the process of Janet trying to shut off the machine, I think it It's too late. one yeah Yeah. one component like breaks or something and then they're all just sucked into the quantum realm so it's a very interesting um sort of i guess lead in into the quantum realm because Yes. i was fully expecting it to happen much later in the movie or um later at any rate not quite so soon <laughs> but No, within yeah, 10 I minutes know. i think you're in the quantum realm i'm like oh okay <laughs> It was a little Yeah. bit surprising, but Yes. I don't know. I I thought that, I mean, people always complain about VFX and stuff for Marvel movies. Maybe I'm just like lame and I don't, I don't really see it. <laughs> I don't know enough about them to me. It's like people have done stuff that I couldn't do. So like nine times out of 10, the VFX always look great to me. And I really Yeah. liked how they kind of set up the quantum realm and how they like animated it. And it looked like wild and wacky, but like. It also was like a weird. place that I would like to Yeah. learn more about Exactly. yeah like I just want to see more of like the creatures and like beings in it um so yeah I mean I don't know I, Absolutely. I actually liked how the quantum realm turned out No, <laughs> I agree because it's weird and it, it, okay, so that's the thing. You make a very good point because in the previous couple of movies, we weren't in the quantum realm a lot. We weren't. We saw glimpses of it like for a couple of, for probably a few minutes at best. And then we were out again. But this movie is when we actually get into the nitty gritty of it. Like, Is uh, what kind of creatures live there? How do they survive there? What what's the what, what what's what's it like down there? It, all those things. It's it's like we'd never got into that up until now, and now we are getting into it, which is super cool. Don't get me wrong; it's great. But I think for something that we were never able to conceptualize or visualize before, Marvel has done a good job of building that up for us in this movie. That's what I'd like to say. But immediately, Cassie and Scott are separated from Hope, Hank, and Janet. Um, and I love how Janet's like, she keep, she's like, I mean, you, you would think that Hank is kind of like an assertive person because he kind of is, for the most part, except for when it comes to Janet. Because... <laughs> The minute Jen is like Henry, stop this. We got we we. I don't have time for this. He's like, okay, I, I'm sorry, but okay. Uh, that, that's a that's an interesting dynamic. But I want to talk about that because they do mention something <laughs> when they try to hitch a ride. It's ridiculous. I want to talk about that because this movie has its moments of levity. I wanna, let's talk about that too. Yeah, no, it definitely does. I mean, yeah, there's that bit where they're in the quantum realm, and um, this is the first time we actually, like you said, get to see it in depth, and Yes. it's obvious that there's more to it than we saw in the previous movie, because in the previous movie, they literally managed to find Janet, get in, get out uh, type thing, and in this movie, 
they're there for the bulk of it and you know there's other life forms there there's like societies and like civilizations almost Yes. there's all sorts of like wacky creatures and and it's just a very cool environment to Mm. Oh God, to see yeah. but also it's the first time that these characters have been interacting with anything or anyone that's down there so um watching their reactions was was a lot of fun because janet knows i mean she's been there for 30 years she's aware of what's going on and um you know, how things sort of work, but everybody else is like new and, or, or it's their first time really being there for an extended period of time. And um, they're kind of like taking it in and <laughs> reacting to it in real time. And Janet just kind of has to like watch them. <laughs> Yeah. but yeah, I mean, because she's been there, she's able to uh, hitch a ride with some people or beings and, um, There's a really funny conversation that she and Hank have while Yeah. they're on uh, On a, a that ship. transport. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was just, I don't know, I thought it was very entertaining where, like, they're talking about, <laughs> Needs. like, needs and, yeah, and, like, how they attempted to find different partners Yeah, for and a then brief Hope period is just of like, time. "Ew, get her! Why are we having this conversation?" Yeah. <laughs> Which is, like, relatable but also just really funny because like Hope It herself is. is an adult and like She is an grown adult. up and She is all grown up, <laughs> and she's she's but it's also been just in relationships like herself. Like, hello, yeah but like, it's also okay. just like really funny though that like I mean I don't think you ever grow out of it any age like No. you don't want to know what your parents get up to it's like you guys talk about that when I'm not in the room please Yeah, please, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. but um yeah watching that scene was was really funny But, um, yeah, I mean, again, like, the quantum realm was just really interesting because Yeah. it was, I think, unlike anything we've ever seen before, I think the only thing that kind of comes close is, like, in Multiverse of Madness, there's that one sequence where Strange and America are just, like, shooting through Mm Loading -hmm. multiple through, dimensions. yes. Yeah, and, like, you get to see, like, different weird and wacky ones. Um, so, like, that kind of had the same vibe, but it's very different because they're still going through different... like versions of like earth and whatnot but the quantum realm is like i think the Spirit. way janet describes it is like it's like a universe beneath our own Yeah. Our or own, like yeah. yeah Absolutely. so um Oh, it God. was just very interesting to see and um again you know like there's beings there there's like societies there and uh surprisingly they're kind of at war <laughs> which i didn't expect <laughs> No, I, I know. That is so interesting, uh, actually. So it's... Uh, you're absolutely right. But this is when we find... She's still not telling us what she's afraid of. Uh, Janet still is still not telling us. But she does meet up with someone she thinks is her friend, played by Bill Murray. So this is when things get interesting. She's like, she says, we have to get out of here. But this guy is now like, you left us here with him. And who's him? And it's like, we know from the trailers who they're alluding to, but we still don't know what she has seen. Because I think this movie begins pretty abruptly. And I think, I'm sorry that we forgot to mention that, but this movie begins very abruptly with how Janet met Kang, right? And it's, It's a it's a very simple scene. He crash lands. He saves her from a weird uh the, from from some weird attackers, and she saves him right back. Kind of deal. 
And that's all there is. He's just like, what is this place? And that's all we see then. But we know that something's happened to make her fear him at this point. And we don't know what it is just yet. And in the in the <laughs> meantime, we have Cassie and Scott trying to navigate this whole situation where drinking some ooze makes them understand the people in the quantum realm. They meet. Uh, I keep for, I keep blanking out on her name. Uh, Jintara. 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 Yes, she's super cool. And uh, and I think you made a very good point of mentioning it. Her, her design is a lot like Tamana from the Horizon franchise, which is pretty cool, actually. Not gonna <laughs> lie. Yeah, um, we were um, we were talking about it offline, and I just like commented because yeah. I, I mean we're big fans of the Horizon series, but oh, also God, her design. Yes. When I saw her, I was like. Is she supposed to be Talana? I mean, she does look like it. Her design is very similar, not gonna lie. It is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, absolutely. I definitely agree with you. But yeah, it's like so cool. And, um, and, and Jentura is wary of these people. But then when Scott mentions to Cassie, hey, we have to find Janet, and we have to find Hank, Janet, and Hope, Jentura hears this and he's like, who's that who's that you're trying to find and that's when it that's when she says yeah if you're looking for her he's looking for her and then he's also looking for you we can't have you here kind of deal so it's kind of that's how you understand the kind of impact that Kang has had on these people and then we get to the story that Janet tells so let's get into all of that because it 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 shows how how compelling Jonathan Majors is as Kang. It's really cool. <laughs> so let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on, like you uh, alluded to. But yeah, I mean, the opening few scenes we get in the quantum realm, um, Scott and Cassie have ended up in one location, and then Janet, Hope, and Hank have ended up in another location. And they're both trying to get to each other, yes. or both groups are trying to get to each other. And yep. every time they encounter beings or people, at least on in scott and cassie's case anytime they mention janet there's this reaction of like oh my god you can't be here or we can't deal with you like you guys are on your own you just have to you have to go and you don't get a lot of information at first until um after the the story kind of pivots to uh hope and janet Mm -hmm. and hank's point of view and after (laughs) blowing up a quantum realm bar and escaping on a yes a a ship yeah uh, ship (laughs) janet finally reveals the secret that she's been keeping which is that she initially saved kang and she met him and he you know said he was a scientist and he had crash landed and he was trying to get back get to, out yeah mm-hmm. yeah basically get out of quantum realm and get back to wherever mm-hmm. he came from and he seemed genuine so he believed they, they worked yeah yeah they worked together to um try and get his ship powered up again and try as they might they just could not and um, you know, over time, they started, I think, like bonding, not romantically, but just, you know, as friends, as two people who had kind of lost yeah. a lot and were hoping Talking to get to back. each other about their families <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Right. At least in um, Janet's case. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, it still took them a huge chunk of time to get the ship anywhere near uh, operable. Functional, and, yeah. Yeah, and then finally, when they were able to restore it, um, they 
kind of put the core back in place or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. uh, and in that moment, when Janet touches the core, she's able to see Into King's uh, specifically, mind. Yes. yeah, like what he has planned and like what he knows and stuff, because she mentions like the ship is connected to his thoughts and it's like yep. the technology is just light years ahead of anything that they've already they like, they've ever seen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So like, um, it, she's able to see specifically I think what his plans are and then also what he's done and I think that really kind of puts the fear in her and then she makes a, like a decision in that moment that like okay whatever he said it doesn't matter I'm not helping him and he can't get out of the quantum yeah. realm and she takes the core and, and she blows it up essentially so it keeps Kang trapped but also I think right after that the, the timeline i think is like a little bit fuzzy i don't think the mm. movie ever makes it explicitly clear um exactly when it happens but right after that like those events happen at some point hank and hope were able to get janet out of the quantum realm which we saw in, some, in, approximately in the yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. it's like a very rough sort of timeline but like, yeah like mm -hmm. um they're able to get her out after that and so for the people who were there for all those years after Janet left, she just left them with Kang. And so they're not entirely thrilled with that. <laughs> um, and Kang is also just, you know, so I think bitter and rageful that he's looking for her and um, he's trying to find out where she is. And now she's, she's come back to the quantum realm. So there's for all intents and purposes, there's a bounty on her head. Absolutely. But yeah, there, it's worth mentioning that, that was she got out a few years after not immediately but she's <laughs> been fighting against him and then she got out so for the people she was fighting with in the sense that everyone who was with her in fighting against him it's like abandonment like you left us with this guy kind of deal <laughs> so and yeah. like you said you're absolutely right there's a bounty on her head now because she's the only one who knows where she blew up that core. She's the only one who knows. She used one of those enlargement or shrinking thingamajigs to basically mm -hmm. just make it so that he doesn't find it, that it's lost in the quantum realm somewhere, basically. I think so... I think he knows where it is. It's just they can't get... It's unstable yeah, they can't... now. Mm. So they, he can't go in himself without you know risking the pin particles yeah 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 i mean yeah he needs pin particles to get to it and also you know to go in himself he would be risking himself which obviously he doesn't want to do yeah. so in the time span since janet has left he's built an empire um or well rather in the time span since she's blown up his like core or whatever he's built this empire and um he's um he's like kind of taking control of the quantum realm and so yeah. people like Jentora and her followers or her you know uh friends or you know her her community they're her like allies basically, yeah, basically yeah yeah they're like rebel communities and like they're all trying to uh fight back as best as they can but it's been a losing game and and now that janet is back um and now that you know hope and hank and scott and cassie are with her it's a big deal for Kang because now he yeah. has access to the pin particles and also to Janet and you know she's like a she, she was already a genius beforehand you know she was very smart and and like a brilliant scientist but she's got extensive knowledge of the quantum realm yes. so it's like a killer combo for for Kang and he needs her 
and he needs the pin particles too. So um, it, they're not in a good situation. And I think it's made a little bit worse by Scott and Cassie not knowing <laughs> the gravity of the situation. Oh Cause, God. Like, yeah. They just land and like, they meet the cool rebel guys and like they drink some ooze and now everybody makes sense. And, mm. you know, like they meet some quirky characters and, and it's great for like, five minutes and then but then Kang almost, attacks. yeah 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 almost immediately after it's like hell breaks loose <laughs> yes absolutely Kang attacks and uh he gets Cassie and Scott and this is when things get even more dire right this is when you actually see how scary Kang can be or this version of Kang because we've seen him uh we've seen him in Loki yeah, I mean, I think we saw like a version of him in Loki that was yes. definitely threatening then, but in the quantum realm, it's like on a whole nother scale because oh again, yes. he's like taken over, he's built an empire out of whatever was already there in place, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. he's basically acting like a dictator, and he has all sorts of tech that they haven't seen before, including um, a very funny looking machine called Modok. Which obviously, we'll get if to. you've read the comics, <laughs> you know. But um, I mean, I just thought that was so funny that like Modok ends up being Darren Cross from the first movie. Oh God! And yeah. and it's just like so funny to to see him in this like huge, ugly metal-looking suit and or, like contraption, and just his face is all stretched out, and he looks he looks really dumb, but he's trying so hard to be like. I'm here now and I'm like this cool killing machine and I have the upper hand. It's like, okay, but you look like shit, dude. I'm sorry. You look weird. Stop <laughs> it. Stop it. Yeah. Oh, I will say, I mean, I know I've I've seen some people say that they were not thrilled with the design for Modoc and like the way he looked in the movie. Mm. Um, I don't really know too much about the character no. in general, so mm -hmm. I can't really speak to that, but I will say that like somebody made a very good point that Modoc in the movie is essentially like a head that's just been like stretched to like fill this like space or whatever. So there's no way he was ever gonna look visually appealing. And I'm like, yeah, I I can see that. <laughs> Absolutely. And the so now let's get I definitely agree that seeing Darren Cross as Modoc was hilarious and the MCU spin on Modoc was pretty cool to see actually. Um but I want to get to how menacing Kang the Conqueror can be because mm -hmm. I love again Jonathan Major's performance was ridiculously good okay like every single one of them to be honest mm -hmm. but oh my god so it, it fit it fit this version so well it was crazy because he's like because uh because when Scott's like I'm an Avenger like which one have I killed you already in another universe it was like what it's like that's how crazy this is it's like oh my god and he is that threatening he doesn't care he's just that <laughs> he's like i'll do what i can to get what i want that's it uh, and right <laughs> that's what it is he's like he's threatening cassie's life and for scott that's everything he can't lose her and he's like okay i'll do it kind of deal Oh, and that's yeah. that's where it gets bad. So I want to talk about that too, actually. Yeah, I mean, I think like you said, it, it's very, it's a good indicator of how threatening King can be when he needs to be mm -hmm. or when he wants to be. Yep. And for people like Scott, I mean, like you said, Cassie is everything to him and mm -hmm. he, he has something he can lose now. And Kang doesn't really, like, Kang is at a point where it's like, 
he's just I think amassed so much power that like it's almost yeah. hard for him to lose and you know even without all the stuff he's amassed in the quantum realm mm -hmm. by himself Kang is pretty powerful yes. uh, so taking him on and then defeating him won't be an easy feat no but, I mean Scott kind of finds himself in a bind now because like you said Kang has threatened Cassie's life and he just doesn't care and he for him like Cassie doesn't mean anything so if Scott doesn't do what he says Cassie's expendable Kang yes. can kill her no problem and he like as soon as he's able to he shows Scott clearly like this is what I can do and this is what I will do unless you comply with what I tell you yep. to do mm -hmm. and so Scott is now forced to <laughs> go into the like core that's been enlarged or whatever and yes. with pim particles kind of shrink it down and um make king's ship operable again yep. and while he's doing that cassie's of course you know she's essentially a hostage yeah and um it, one wrong move on scott's part and kang is like like the girl goes like you just you yeah. there is no other option for you yep. so for for scott he's really kind of in a pickle um and then, you know, yeah <laughs> and then uh on the other hand uh hope and janet and hank are trying to stop kang because now you know janet's told them all her secrets and she's she was trying to protect them but you know i think it's at a point where it's like if they don't know they're probably in just as much danger <laughs> yep um so they're trying to get to the same core without alerting Kang so that they can mm -hmm. take care of it on their end but yes um unfortunately Kang kind of beat them to it mm. which is unfortunate but um we get some really interesting like scenes once Scott gets down there into the core, yeah um uh, which kind of again is a little bit similar to like multiverse of madness or it gave me that sort of vibe of like traveling True. through the multiverse mm -hmm. but um this is it, it which is very interesting to see Scott kind of like exist in a, in a like plane or whatever, where there is this like every time he moves, like there's a new version of him that just like pops up, pops up, yeah. And yeah, I think they did like a really interesting description of it in that what did Darren Cross call it? He called it like a paradoxical reality or something, or I can't remember, but something, or something like that. Or, it's basically like there's a version of Scott that exists for every possibility that could have happened or every yes, outcome every that could happen. Yeah, every choice he makes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and so there's just like millions and millions of Scots, which yep. um, I always thought was really funny. It was really interesting to see so many Scots and <laughs> how the, the Scott Lang that we're like we're following how he reacts to all of them. Again, Paul Rudd's uh, comedic timing is absolutely amazing in all of these scenes. But what I do love is that he does manage to make them coalesce and work together, which surprises Kang, uh, to <laughs> get to that core. Now, in the meantime, Cassie has managed to sort of escape her jail cell. And she has, she sort of has a plan, but also not. Let's talk about that. Yeah, that was really interesting because you get to see Cassie in action properly without yeah. Scott for, I think, the first time. And it's it's nice because, like, she's still learning and you can kind of see that. But when it matters, she's able to 
you know, think on the fly and act accordingly. And so you see her take down um, some guards and uh, there's this really funny moment where she's like, what am I thinking? And then just like launches straight into action, which I always, yeah. I don't know, it gave me a, a good laugh. But um, yeah, I mean, initially when they were captured, uh, Jintora and some other like resistance fighters or rebels or whatever you want to call them were also taken hostage. Yep. So uh, Cassie goes to free her to sort of like get more people to <laughs> to help her. Uh, and um, she's doing that while Scott is, is attempting to get to the core. And yep. um, I, I also, because like you mentioned this earlier about how Scott is able to kind of get all the different versions of himself to like, work together yes um i thought it was really sweet that they do that because um they all really love cassie and like that's the one thing that like for her they do anything and so like yeah uh, yeah i just thought it was so sweet that like that's the one thing that motivates all of them <laughs> is the reason they're all able to work together um but in spite of that you know they're a little bit shy of actually getting scott into the core mm -hmm. um but then uh, I think at that point, the, the two sort of storylines that we've been following kind of merge together because Hope and Hank and Janet are finally at the same location and uh, Hope is able to help Scott get, get into out the of core and they're able yeah. to yeah shrink it down and, and uh, get it back. And then we get to see kind of, um, I, I wouldn't say quite different, but I think in some respects... I mean, in a lot of respects, King is very different than Thanos, but also I yes. think in the way he just initially, uh, like, reacts and, and uh, behaves with certain superheroes is, I think, very different than Thanos did, because I think Thanos mm -hmm. was at least pretending, like, you know, he was a big shot, and, like, the, the, if he said something, that the heroes would listen to him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or, like, he just kind of went in with, I guess, a certain sort of arrogance that, like, yeah. oh, I'm big and powerful, and, like, if I say something, everybody's gonna listen, whereas Kang is, like, I don't care whether they listen, like, I'm gonna say something, and it's gonna happen. <laughs> um, yep. Sort of thing. Because so, he can make it happen. That's the thing. He can yeah. make that happen. Yeah, yeah, it's very different than, like, Thanos needing to collect a bunch of stones to, mm -hmm. like, make certain things happen. Kang can just do things, and um, it, it ends up kind of messing with everything. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Scott finally has the core, and I think he's, like, you see him for a moment deliberating, like, should he give it to Kang, should he not? Yeah. And then uh, Janet is you know she she comes nice in and she's like you reason with him yeah yeah she's like you absolutely cannot give it to him under no circumstances like it's just like i don't think no there's brainer. enough time for her to explain yeah. but yeah. yeah i mean well we know it's no brainer because we know the information yeah. yeah we know the information that janet has shared but like obviously scott is still he he needs to be told but they also don't have the time <laughs> um plus and, for um, him it doesn't matter it's cassie it doesn't matter yeah. Yeah. And that was one of the things I was surprised at the movie, or maybe not surprised, I guess, but I was hoping that the movie would explore a little bit more because there's a mm -hmm. bit where Scott tells Hope and Janet, he's like, Kang has Cassie and I have to do this. And uh, Janet is like, we'll get her back, I promise, but you cannot give him that core mm -hmm. and uh, like you said i mean for scott it's a no-brainer like he needs his daughter back like not getting her back is not an option, not an option yeah. but for janet like who knows what's at stake who knows everything about kang and his past and and all of that uh 
letting him get the sphere is not an option. So yeah. it's it's a very like nuanced situation, and I kind of wished the movie explored that a little bit more. Yeah. But also, I think for a movie that's introducing Kang and kind of showing how threatening he can be, this movie does a good job because Kang is yes. kind of erratic. I would say mm. in that like he'll he'll present one image at first, and then as soon as he needs to or as soon as he like decides he wants to he could just kind of drops the facade and then you see like another side of him um yeah. and they're all equally i think menacing and crazy they and, are uh threatening but um i think in this portion of the movie you really get to see what kang is like because even before they can make a decision as to like what to do like do they give kang his core back do they like keep it and then attempt to get cassie out like yeah they don't have time to deliberate because yep. kang just pops up and takes it and then you know they're in the ensuing fight a whole bunch of things happen oh <laughs> including janet getting taken hank who's still on like their cruiser uh getting blown up or it appears that he's gotten blown up and then mm -hmm. um hope and scott are knocked out and um kang is kind of I, I wouldn't say cackling but he does make this comment where scott is like you promised you'd give me my daughter back if i got you the core yeah like, yeah yeah kang is just like oh well she doesn't need you anymore <laughs> and and like he just leaves it at that he just like literally just poofs out of there mm -hmm. and you know, our heroes are just kind of left to deal with the aftermath, which is like, it's, um, I, I think it's it's very different. Because like Thanos, with Thanos, I think the more the movies built him up, you kind of realize that like, okay, there's probably going to be battles. Because without the Infinity Stones, really, Thanos didn't have a ton of power himself. He, he just had he like his army. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He wasn't but it was only, like, as once... much of a threat. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It was really only once he started collecting the Infinity Stones that it was like, okay, now this guy is really posing problems and he's becoming a thorn in our side. But without even the like the stones, Kang is already such a big threat and he can do things and go places that like none of the Avengers have maybe ever gone before. Mm -hmm. I guess with the exception of maybe like America, she might have been able to go places that Kang has been to in the multiverse. Yep. But I mean, even then, like Kang, has, he just has so much power. And I think, um, again, I felt like this movie did a good job at showing how erratic and crazy Kang could be because in one instance, he's like playing nice and pretending to be a scientist and, mm -hmm. you know, all of that. And like the next instant, as soon as his cover is blown, he's like, all right, well, we're not fooling no around more nice anymore. Guy. Like, Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So it's it, like the like change and then the shift in his character is really interesting mm -hmm. and i mean again like you've mentioned jonathan major has just did such a good job just kind of playing like this like threatening and menacing character who can also like be a little bit erratic when he needs to be when yes. it suits him absolutely uh let's also talk about cassie's escape plan because she's trying to get out um and she doesn't exactly have a plan. And like you said, it does showcase how well, uh, how she still needs a little bit of training with the Ant-Man suit kind of thing. So, uh, and she's still learning, but she still does a good enough job of getting to Jentura and uh, getting her out. And because that was her, that was the basis of her plan get this woman out she can rally everyone else kind of deal which <laughs> is funny to see but then it really showcases how like you said Kang is very erratic because now he has the core 
and he's trying to get out. But I think uh, I think Jan he, he has Janet and he asks her, what did you see? And then I love his performance here because he's like, I will wipe them all from the face of this uh, from this from this multiverse because they sent me here because of who I was. I don't want them around. And it kind of gives you an idea of the kind of person that he is. But then it, it's kind of uh, also interesting to see how he deals with an, a rebellion because he's like, this isn't the first time I've had to deal with something like this and it won't be the last. And he almost makes very quick work of quashing that rebellion. I, I want to talk about that too because it's kind of scary to see. Let's not, it's kind of scary. Yeah, I mean, he's got so much power. And, like, again, I feel kind of bad comparing, like, to keep bringing up the Thanos comparison because mm -hmm. it is a little bit apples and oranges. But, a little bit. Um, I mean, we thought Thanos was, like, a huge threat when he came on the scene. Oh, yeah. And not to, like, you know, minimize what he did because we're still seeing the ramifications of that how many movies later. Mm -hmm. But, like, Kang just has so much power already without even having to, like, collect anything or, like, gather resources or whatever yeah. to like use that power that he's already i think you know again it is apple and Warren just comparing thanos and, and king but king is kind of like mm -hmm. already i think I, I think it's kind of fair to say he's a little bit more of a threat um earlier on than thanos um yep. just because he has all this power and and he can kind of he can do basically whatever he wants but then not there's yep. not much resistance because most of the people or beings in the quantum realm are already scared of him but the nice thing is like even though we see cassie like get this escape plan underway even though she hasn't kind of fully thought it out um mm -hmm. she's still able to do her part and help and i think when she gets jintora out she says like um jintora mentions like they're gonna collect as many people as they can or get as many allies yep. as possible and then they'll help uh you know attack kang and and so their goal is to get to like a like console type place or, or location so that they can broadcast a message uh to kind of rally the troops um yeah. and and fight against kang and i think for them also, you know, like they realize how big of a deal this is because Kang is, you know, he's been a tyrant to them, but also like the the more you see of him and the more he kind of explains his plan, I think the more we as viewers realize like the scale, because initially he was just like, I'm going to get out. By the time we see him like in this movie, once he has the core again, after Scott and Hope have shrunk it down, yeah. he's like, I'm getting out and I'm taking my whole empire with me. And he's yeah, so hell-bent on revenge yeah. yes. that like he's willing to just destroy like trillions of innocent people, like Janet says, just to get back at the other versions of himself that mm -hmm. kept him in the quantum realm. Yep. Um, and it's just like for him, everything else and everybody else is just collateral damage. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. People like Janet, you know, like that's other beings and like the, the world and um there there's a lot at stake. So um yeah, I mean watching like the sort of like rebellion kind of come together was really cool. We yes. also get to see um it's there's a very brief bit when the 
uh, like heroes are sucked into the quantum realm. Um, there's a brief shot of like some of the ants from Hank's lab getting sucked into Getting and stuck, you never see yeah. them again until this moment when Hank pops up again and he's like, there's ants here. And like, they've lived thousands of lives and all the time that we've been here and they've developed like a very elaborate society and they've you know, invented their own technology and stuff. And so now our heroes have an army of ants at their disposal too, which is, um, This is cool. really cool yeah Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um and that's like one other kind of uh battalion i guess for lack of a better term <laughs> that they can kind of use to help them fight kang um but yeah i mean like it it the movie is uh i felt like it was the right time length uh for what they were trying to accomplish and i think it to me it felt like it was the perfect time i feel like if they if the movie had been any longer it would have been drawn out <laughs> Oh for yeah. no good reason <laughs> Mm -hmm. because um i feel like that the length that it was now it worked for the story that we got which is basically they get sucked into the quantum realm have to do this task for kang he kind of like double crosses them and now they're taking the fight to him to make sure that he doesn't get out um and despite kang's power i will say that like scott and
But what he doesn't know is that there are different versions of Kang. And now the other versions are like, now they're starting to touch the multiverse and we can't let that happen. Um, and then there's Loki who's seen a version of Kang, which is he who remains. That was the mildest version, which was like kept a streamlined timeline kind of thing. <laughs> but that's gone now. Uh, that, I want to talk about that because that's where the impact of Kang and its connection, this movie's connection to uh, the other parts of the MCU comes in. I want to talk about that because that's what's that's where we leave this, which is kind of scary. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, it's again, I I know not everybody was a fan of this movie. I actually thought it, it was a really cool setup for upcoming yeah. MCU projects exactly. um, and a really interesting place to kind of leave Scott and Cassie mm-hmm. um, because technically speaking, I mean, they're both still like they both have their suits. Like, I don't really think that anything happened to them physically from their time in the quantum realm that like affected their ability to be ant-man and not that we know know yet yeah yeah yeah, we don't know yet but like you said also you know like there's the there's that one line where uh kang is like don't touch the rings and -hmm. when you see his like engine or his you know core or whatever that is um it does kind of look like parts of it kind of look like the 10 rings from shang chi and so it's like is it connected to that and we already know like there's been fan theories about um from miss marvel kamala's bracelet being similar to the 10 rings too so it's like that's a potential connection we don't know where that's going to lead or what it really means just yet um and then also of course you know like this version of kang is appears to no longer be a threat um but this was one version of many, many, many versions. Um, and, you know, you get to kind of see the scope of of the threat that's coming yeah. now because all these versions are like, well, you know, it was fine before, but now these beings are touching multi the multiverse and um, they're looking to, you know, end anybody who is not from like their timeline or, or whatever yeah. or threatening them. And we can't let that happen. And so mm-hmm. um, all these different versions of Kang are now banding together and, in effect, they basically just declared war on yeah. the Avengers just because a few of them have touched the multiverse and or dabbled in multiversal shenanigans. Oh god, um, yeah. So, not um, good. You, yeah, it's it's not not great. But um yeah. I mean again, Kang is also just like so new in terms of like, you know, presenting him as a threat that I'm very curious to see how they can continue to keep upping the stakes yeah because i feel like the stakes were already so high in this movie like in terms of king just getting out and like now even though one version has been taken care of there's like a gajillion versions coming mm-hmm. and um i don't know how they're like how the heroes are going to stop them but I, that's what phase five and phase six are for so i'm looking forward to where these phases are going to go yes. um, i'm looking forward to <laughs> what's to come and um i don't know i'm just really happy that like nobody died i was fully expecting from the trailers that, like oh, somebody was going to die yes and like it was going to be a very heart-wrenching movie but it was i think it did a good job of balancing the levity while also kind of maintaining this like really high stakes sort of situation and um also you know introducing new characters or like giving them more time to shine like cassie and kang and Mm -hmm. 
yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know. It was, it was a very, I, w I was not expecting to say this because I thought this movie was going to be like no way home level craziness or like Wakanda forever level pain, but it was a very fun movie. <laughs> all things considered. <laughs> yes. No, I definitely agree with you. This from the trailers, it seemed like this was, this would be a movie that I wouldn't be ready for pain level wise, but it what surprised me was as as different as it was i still enjoyed it because it was a good setup for what was to come and now <laughs> it has me excited for what kang is going to be up to for the rest of this because we know we're getting secret wars in the kang dynasty so i'm excited for what that's going to be like considering how they're setting this up now and <laughs> that's what i'm excited for now um but oh my god it was a fun more overall i feel like this was a fun movie uh and it was it it was less of, i mean i wouldn't say this wasn't a palate cleanser after wakanda forever because it kind of was but also not <laughs> because it did have pretty high stakes like you said so i'm kind I think, of go ahead yeah i mean i was just gonna say, i think like the the stakes in, in this movie which i wasn't expecting were like more uh, personal stakes for the characters than mm -hmm. anything else. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, Kang getting out was like a really big thing, but then, you know, at the end, that kind of gets like nicely wrapped up and it, yeah. it seems like, okay, well, everything's just been tied up. And then you get to the post credit scene and then it's just this like, you, yeah. you really get to see the scope of like how big this threat is because there's just like thousands and mil or millions of kings all, yeah, like they've all just collectively declared war. Um, on the rest of the universe because a few Avengers have again, you know, dabbled in multiversal shenanigans. And it's like, I don't really think that when they like went into the multiverse, any of them were really trying to do anything. But I think mm -hmm. for the, all the different versions of Kang that exist, uh, just, you know, Janet and Hank and Hope and Scott and Cassie, even knowing anything about the quantum realm and, mm -hmm. and that one Kang that they encountered, I think that's too much of a threat for the other Kangs because um, now they know like the power that one Kang can hold and, and what he can do. Mm -hmm. And um, them trying to stop it is threatening all those other Kangs. Yeah. So um, <laughs> it's, I think it was, it was a really interesting setup or like an in interesting introduction to Kang. Yes. But also again, like the stakes were very personal to the characters. Like Scott, you know, it was about getting Cassie back and getting yep. her out. Um, you know, for most characters, it was like getting out of the quantum realm, um, you know, protecting yeah. their family, you know, those sort of stakes, which yeah. I think we were expecting like larger scale stakes or at least yes a little bit but i mm -hmm. yeah i don't know i mean i feel like the stakes were still high they were just different than what i expected them to be no that i definitely agree which is why this movie has me excited for what's coming up next and which is why i'm also excited to tell you guys what we're going to be doing for our podcast next week Cass, take it away let's talk about what we're going to be doing next week for this podcast yeah, so, um, I mean, we already kind of alluded to it, but next week yes. we will be discussing uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, yes. which was so much fun to watch. And yeah. um, honestly, I don't remember why we didn't cover it when it came out. I can't remember why. I, but I, um, I think probably because we yeah. didn't see it right away. It was like still kind of height of COVID. And um, yeah, maybe I think that, that definitely had an impact. Mm -hmm. But um, 
since that movie has come out, there's been a lot of potential tie-ins to that movie. Yes. So it'll be very interesting to like go back and revisit it and mm -hmm. see now that we have more content um, from when that movie came out to now what sort of illusions the other content has made to that movie and yeah. where Shang-Chi might end up. And also it was just a really fun movie. It was really nice to see it was. like a new superhero kind of take the spotlight for a bit yep. and get his introduction so mm -hmm. um yes next week we'll be discussing all things shang chi but for this week if you've listened to us yammer on about quantum mania for this long as always we thank you guys um we really couldn't do this without you and we really do appreciate everybody yes. who listens mm -hmm. and uh hopefully if you like marvel and if you like our yammering about marvel you'll stick around for our episode next week <laughs> absolutely thank you so much guys we really appreciate you and we will see you again next week with Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Thanks guys! Thank you! As always, our lovely theme song is Water Lily by the 126ers. The Nerdy Podcasts podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and you can follow us online at nerdy-podcasts.tumblr.com or at nerdypodcasts.wordpress.com.